0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. And go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Slaters, how are you? America's the greatest country in the world. Happy Saturday. Thanks for being here. We are going to talk a bunch about the Google manifesto, but let me be clear. It's we're actually going to talk a little bit about it. And mostly we're going to talk about the bigger themes related to it. Does that make sense? So I'm sure you've heard a lot about this 10 page memo that, uh, this former now employee wrote that Google has a uh, culture hostile to conservatives and those with opposing point of views. And then the next day got fired, (laughs) fired for having an opposing point of view. To the prevailing company culture. Which proved his point. Exactly. I love how this whole week, this memo is is being called an anti-diversity screed. First of all, it's not anti-diversity at all. In, in fact, in, in the memo, he talks about how to actually increase diversity. He says diversity, the whole point is that diversity is a good thing, but let's get there the right way. So it's so far from an anti-diversity screed. It's a pro-diversity, but it's not even a screed. When's the (laughs) the last time you've ever heard anything characterized as a screed? Who decided to call this an anti-diversity screed? the heck? I heard CNN called it a tirade. There were footnotes. He footnoted it. You don't footnote a tirade. So you, you've heard all the details about this already, I hope, by now. Um, again, he, did, he doesn't say diversity is bad. He said the reason that there isn't more women in technology is not because of widespread discrimination and oppression. It's because men and women make different life choices because men and women are different. Let me say that last part again. Men and women are different. Coming up a little later, I want to talk about third wave feminism. So it's feminism 3.0. It's like the third iteration of of the feminist movement. And there's three main aspects of feminism, of third wave feminism. The first is there's no such thing as biological gender. Doesn't exist. And that's where you get this whole transgender movement and all this stuff. So there's no such thing as biological gender. The second tenant is men and women are not just equal but are the same. Men and women are the same. And in order to achieve that, th- th- that's why culture makes men more like women and women more like men. I'll give some examples of that coming up. The third tenet is men are the worst. <laughs> right? Now, I think each of them is wrong. But it's certainly impossible to believe all three at the same time. How can you believe that there's no such thing as biological gender, but men and women are the same? Or men, men and women are the same, but men are the worst. Like, that doesn't, like none of that makes sense, but there's nothing logical about this. So I mean, don't even try to make sense of it, but the reason I bring that up and we're going to talk more about it later is men, the second iteration, men and women are the same, not just equal, but the same. This is what got John McEnroe in trouble a month or so ago. Remember when someone asked him, he didn't bring this up. Someone asked him what Serena Williams would be ranked on the men's circuit. And he said, oh, I don't know, uh, like 500th. Oh, my! Pa, unbelievable. How, how can you say such a thing? <laughs> like, well, like, of course. Of course he's right. What, what, do you th- what do you think? You think she'd beat Federer? What are you talking about? There's not even, not even close. But, and no one really thinks that she could beat Roger Federer or the 499th ranked man in the world. No one really thinks she could. But you're not supposed to say it because men and women are the same that's what that's what the new new feminism says. We're the same, which is ridiculous. So this guy's whole point was men and women are different, which is amazing that that's controversial at all, let alone fireable. Uh, let me see if I can read a part here. Um, mm, we'll get to all this stuff later. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll go this way instead. Um, So an employee at Google wrote on Twitter, guys, imagine waking up (laughs) to a viral piece of writing saying that you are genetically unsuited for the job you love. (laughs) Imagine that. And Christina Somers wrote back, uh, she said, asked her to cite passage in Google Manifesto where it says this. She blocked me. It does not say that women are genetically unsuited (laughs) for technology. (laughs) Unbelievable. It doesn't say it. And this is the bigger picture. This This is one of the bigger picture topics here. We can't talk to each other. Because no one wants to listen. I was with some friends the other day. There were three of us. Me and two two guys. And we were talking about something. I honestly forget what we were talking about. Uh, diet, maybe. And one guy was wanting to make a point. And the other guy said, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But what really is the best thing to eat? And the first guy said, okay but i actually think this is the best oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah." but you know what's really important is it and that exchange kind of went back and forth where the first guy was super calm and hey this is what i think is you know and this is why i and the other guys oh yeah, yeah but really and after a couple back and forths of that the first guy said all right i'm done talking to you because you're not listening and this is the key line you're just waiting to talk i love that that's so good you're just waiting to talk right the second guys he's not listening he's just like all right finish finish uh, okay now that you finish i'm gonna say what i wanted to say the whole time that's so true the guy wasn't listening he did not have a posture of curiosity he wasn't wondering genuinely what the other person was was going to say he was just waiting to talk waiting until there was a pause in, in in people talking so that he could jump in and say what he always wanted to say and was practicing in his head the whole time. There was no listening at all. And it's the same with this Google memo. No one read it. Well, I mean, no one no one complaining about it read it. I would say of all the people who are outraged about it, nine, oh, I'm being generous, 90% never read it. They read about it, but 90% of people who are outraged never read it. So what they did instead was projected their worst fears of what he could have said on it and then judged that. they People judged not it. They judged their own creation of it, right? Their own version of it that they wanted to get outraged by. The hundred percent, her no doubt, that's what happened to most people. So anyway, I want to quote uh, two people here. This is from um, Christina Somers. It's like a conservative uh, two, two responses. Someone said, it's astonishing how many people confuse claims about within population averages with claims about every member of the population. Okay. That sounds a little confusing. I want to talk about that coming up. Put that one aside. This is a, uh, a tweet from professor Christakis. This is the professor who is at the center of the Yale Halloween costume controversy a couple of years back, remember that? This is the guy who said, who wrote an email saying, hey, you know, if, if someone's wearing an offensive Halloween costume, you should talk to them about it or ignore it. And he got destroyed and run from campus. So he wrote, it's so maddening. It's almost as if people want to recklessly and, disliber- and deliberately misread things with a smiley face because he was a victim of that same thing. want to come back we'll take uh, I'm going to do the the super controversial stance and you're not going to believe this but I'm going to do it and we're going to prove it you ready that men and women are different wow listener discretion advised next mike slater show the blaze radio network spread the word
0: you're listening to mike slater on the blaze radio network
1: That's a new intro song. I like it. Keep it. Keep it in the rotation. Um, All right, I want to play this clip here from uh, The Simpsons from a couple years ago. And Principal Skinner nails it here.
2: Today we celebrate the first of many, 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 many diversity forums. Why is it that women appear to be worse at math than men? What is the source of this illusion, or as I call it, the biggest lie ever told?
0: You're a worse version of Hitler.
2: Please believe me, I I understand the problems of women. See?
0: The principal's a tranny.
2: Am I wearing women's clothes? I didn't notice. When I look in my closet, I don't see male clothes or female clothes. They're all the same.
1: Are you saying that men
0: and women are identical?
2: Oh, no, of course not. Women are unique in every way.
0: Now he's saying women and men aren't equal.
2: No, no, no. It's the differences, of which there are none, that make the sameness exceptional.
1: Just tell me what to say. (laughs) (laughs) It's the differences, which there are none, which make (laughs) perfect. But that's so I share that because that's what we were just talking about, right? Third wave feminism. Uh, First wave, no such thing, or no first aspect, no such thing as biological gender. Second, men and women are the same. And third, men are awful. And you have to have all three of those beliefs at the same time, which is impossible. I have a chart here in front of me. We have it up on our Facebook page as well. You can search for the Mike Slater show on Facebook. A chart of college majors broken down by gender. College majors broken down by gender. So at the top you have uh family and consumer science, 87% female. Uh that's college degrees. So 80% of the female and consumer science college degrees are female, 87%. Health professions, 84% uh, female. Public administration and social service, 82% female. Education, 80%. Psychology, 77%. You get the idea. Legal professions, 70% women. Now, on the flip side, engineering, 20% women. Computer science, 18%. Transportation, 12%. Construction trades, 7%. So a couple points on this. There's this big push to get more women into engineering and technology. Why? Why? Have you ever heard anyone make the argument why? Is there a push to get more men into psychology? Is there an equal push to get more men into social services? Why not? So these differences... Right, the fact that 87 percent of college degrees in the family sciences go to females, and 12 you know, percent of construction trade degrees go to females—like, what would? Why are these differences because of some gender discrimination, oppression? Might our uh, computer science uh, departments not allowing women, or? Are these individual? Are these the results of individual choices by individual people who choose which gender and profession to go into? Larry Summers was Bill Clinton's Treasury Secretary. He was the uh, after that he was the president of Harvard, and in two thousand five he was giving a, a talk at a uh, conference, and he was asked about this, about why there's so few women in technology. And because of his answers, he was fired from the, he was the president of Harvard. He was fired. Now there's actually no transcript of what he said. So the only way we know what he said is from a Boston Globe article, which did um, interviews on people who were there. And he admitted to saying a couple of things, but we don't have exact quotes. He offered a few theories though, as to why there are so few uh, women in technology. And I want to go through a few of those here. First, is the reluctance or inability of women who have children to work 80 hour weeks. I don't know if most people in the country have a concept of an 80 or 100 hour work week. Right? Because the unions, it's a 40 hour work week. That's the normal, 9 to 5, 40 hours. Do you know anyone? You, you might be this person, but do you know people who work 80 hour work weeks? I got a friend in New York City. She's my age. We graduated together. Uh she she's doing the whole New York City banking thing. She has a female boss who calls her kids in the morning from the office to say good morning. When they wake so when her kids wake up, she's in the office and she calls them to say hello. And then she calls them again at night to say good night. And she has a nanny wake them up and put them to bed. Not many women are willing to do that. And that limits a lot of women in fields that require 80 100 hour work weeks why do why do we have to deny this fact well i don't know what's why why is this politically incorrect women have kids women generally raise the children in the home many women choose and prefer to be with their kids at home or work less than 80 hours or less than even 40 hours so they can spend more time with their kids Why do we deny this fact? Now there's a greater representation of men in professions that require 80 hour work weeks. Is that oppression? Is that oppressive? So that was point number one. Point number two, he said, that got him fired. He said, quote, fewer girls than boys have top scores on science and math tests in late high school years. No one really understands why this is, and it's an area of ferment in social science. Research in behavioral genetics is showing that things people previously attributed to socialization weren't due to socialization at all. So he's saying that it looks like evidence is pointing to the fact that there are inherent characteristics between men and women that tend to make men better at math and science. I don't know why people get offended by that. I don't know what's offensive by it. It'd be like if if I said men are generally taller than women, which is 100 percent true because that's average. And a six foot five woman says he's calling me short. No, but men are generally taller than women. Yeah, but Slater. Fine. You can say height, but you can't say smarter. I didn't say smarter. Simon Baron-Cohen, he's at the University of Cambridge, he's a neuro uh, neuropsychiatrist, he speaks about the male brain and the female brain. The male brain, he says, is characterized by systemizing tendencies. So a systemizing brain is one that uh, likes to analyze and construct systems and figure out how things work. and and figure out the underlying rules that govern the behavior of a system, right? That's a systemizing brain and that's generally men. This doesn't mean that women are stupid. Women have a more empathizing brain. Empathy, right? Empathizing is is the drive to identify another person's thoughts and emotions and respond to them and understand another person and connect with them and resonate with them emotionally. What college majors and career paths Would be better for a systemizing brain, math and engineering and technology. What college majors and career paths would be better for an empathizing brain, education, psychology, health, and family science. Which one do men generally go into? Which career paths do women generally go into? There's nothing wrong with this. This is natural, it's normal, it's fine. And if you wanna be a man and become a teacher, obviously it's okay. <laughs> if you wanna be a woman and be going to technology, obviously okay. But this desire to get a 50-50 split, why? That's that's That seems really foolish and really pointless. And then to fire people who dare say such a thing? Give me a break. All right, I'm not even close to done yet. I got another science. Uh, study i want to share with you next about the difference between men and women's brains we will do that next slater radio on twitter mike slater show the blaze radio network spread the word
0: this is mike slater part of the next generation of talk radio on the blaze radio network Hundred thirty three ninety three. Mike Slater is on.
1: Slater, Cassiders. President Trump's about to talk here in a little bit. Uh, we will take that live when he does, talking about what's going on in... Is it in Virginia right now? Is that where this is happening? Um, we'll talk about it in a second if you're not even familiar with what that's about. Um, let's polish off this Google stuff until the president starts to talk. So uh, this is Larry Summers. Again, he's former president of Harvard, 2005. This got him fired. He was talking about men and women in, in technology. Uh, it says, Summers also used as example one of his daughters, who as a child was given two trucks in an effort at gender-neutral parenting, yet she treated them almost like dolls, naming one of them Daddy Truck and one Baby Truck. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about why that happened in a little bit. I have some science, uh, really interesting research study that was done on why boys and girls play with different toys when they're babies. We'll do that in a little bit, but you're out of your mind if you don't see these differences between boys and girls and and men and women. So my son's 10 months tomorrow. He takes the train, the little train and truck and crawls around the floor making car noises. I didn't teach him how to do that. That's what he does. I'm working at our church doing the kids kingdom, the daycare thing during church. So I, I got the one to three year olds and they're boys and girls and they're different. This is the best line from this Boston Globe article in 2005 that got Larry Summers fired Uh, is the last line. The organizer of the conference, Harvard economist Richard Freeman, described Summers critics as activists whose sensibilities might be at odds with intellectual debate. There it is. That's what this all is. The people who are outraged, they're not. They're not real. They're not in it for any intellectual debate. They're just activists. That's all that is. To deny that men and women are different boggles my mind. So we're just talking about the male brain. It's a more systematic brain. Men like to fix things and and figure out how things work. Let me give you an example. So let's let's move away from the science. Let's just be real, right? Because you... Again, you can't deny this. Husbands, got any husbands listening here? Your wife comes home and has a problem. Maybe someone at her work, one of her friends, whatever. Have you ever, as the husband, tried to fix the problem that your wife was having? How'd that go for you? Go good? Did it go well? probably not men have a systemizing brain women have an empathizing brain for the most part when your wife shares with you something that's going tough in her life you are a male you have a systemizing brain you want to solve it she has an empathizing brain she wants you to understand it it's very different Right. They're more focused on thoughts and feelings. This is why uh, women are more likely to talk to their cars or a copy machine or a printer as if they have minds and feelings. I distinctly remember growing up, we had an old car that sometimes would have trouble going up hills. And my mom would, would talk to the car and she'd, she'd hit the dashboard. She'd pat it. And she'd say, oh, come on, baby, you can do it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You can do it. You can do it. Yay! <laughs> the car isn't listening. That does not make a difference, but women have such an empathetic brain. They act as if it does, by the way, on the difference between men and women or husbands and wives about the whole fixing problems. So my wife and I wave a rule. We talked about this a couple of years ago, and this is how we do it now. Uh, when my wife has a problem an issue that she wants to talk about, I literally will say, and she's down with this. It's not like we talked about it before I did this. Um, I say, do you want me to help you solve it or commiserate? No judgment on either one. It's not like, well, do you want me to solve this or do you want me to commiserate? It's okay, honey. Would you like me to? Would you like me to help solve this or do you want to commiserate? And sometimes she'll say, commiserate, and i will be like, ah, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> and then sometimes she'll be like, no, I, I want you to solve it. I'm like, okay, great. Here's what we got to do. We should call this person and let right. And it just ends. It f- f- preempts so many fights. Right, because if a woman, if your wife wants you to commiserate, and you start to solve, oh jeez, that doesn't go well. Men and women are different, you know it. Everyone knows it. So what the heck is wrong with us that in our society today we have to freak out when someone says something like that? And you give fire the guy. So here's the thing: neither's right or wrong. There's different times when you need different ways of thinking. That's okay. <laughs> And that's why this Google guy, and this is why I say no one read it, which is amazing because there's all this outrage about it and people are lying about it. People in the media were lying about it constantly. There was a, one of the anchors on CNN said he was basically saying women shouldn't be around computers. <laughs> what are you talking about? So people could just lie about what it said, but it's right here and you can read it. Everyone can read it, which is wild. That people, they can can just lie and lie and lie and lie, but it's right in front of us, the truth. Anyway, he never said that women should not be in technology. He said that men and women have different strengths and weaknesses. He also said progressives and conservatives have different strengths and weaknesses. And then he said if we want more women in technology, we don't need to discriminate against men in order to do that. Maybe we can make technology more, um, and and, and maybe we can make Google more, uh collaborative. Right? More pair programming, more collaboration, more people oriented. And that way it will attract more women into this industry and into this company as opposed to forcing it and discriminate against men in order to get more women in. Why don't we just make some changes to the company and to the industry so that women will want to join? Maybe we create a better work life balance which will appeal to, to women more. That's what his memo was. And to call it an anti diversity screed, it's really it's wild this world we're living in today. one 93 I want to take an early break waiting for uh, the president here. And if he talks, then I want to make sure we don't have to interrupt him with a uh, with a quick break. So take a break here. Come back. Uh, hopefully, President Trump will be speaking. If not, I want to tell you about Purdue University and their engineering department and how they uh, are destroying themselves. <laughs> you won't believe this next. Mike Slater, show the Blaze Radio Network spread the word.
0: Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Mike Slater
1: want to go right to President Trump. This is literally just three minutes ago, starting off his press conference, talking about what's going on in uh, Virginia right now, some protests.
3: Well, thank you very much. As you know, this was a small press conference, but a very important one. And it was scheduled to talk about the great things that we're doing with the secretary on the Veterans Administration. And we will talk about that very much so in a little while. But I thought I should put out a comment as to what's going on in Charlottesville so again I want to thank everybody for being here in particular I want to thank our incredible veterans and thank you fellas let me shake your hand so I'm just reading ahead by now that someone's died at these rallies someone hit by a car I guess we have to come together as Americans with love for our nation And true affection, really, and I I say this so strongly, true affection for each other. Our country is doing very well in so many ways. We have record, just absolute record employment. We have unemployment, the lowest it's been in almost 17 years. We have companies pouring into our country, Foxconn and car companies and so many others. They're coming back to our country. We're renegotiating trade deals to make them great for our country and great for the American worker. We have so many incredible things happening in our country. So when I watch Charlottesville, to me it's very, very sad. I want to salute the great work of the state and local police in Virginia, credible people. Law enforcement, credible people. And also the National Guard, they've really been working smart and working hard. They've been doing a terrific job. Federal authorities are also providing tremendous support to the governor. He thanked me for that. And we are here to provide whatever other assistance is needed. We are ready, willing, and able. Above all else, we must remember this truth. No matter our color, creed, religion, or political party, we are all Americans first. We love our country. We love our God. We love our flag. We're proud of our country. We're proud of who we are. So, we want to get the situation straightened out in Charlottesville. And we want to study it. And we want to see what we're doing wrong as a country where things like this can happen. My administration is restoring the sacred bonds of loyalty between this nation and its citizens. But our citizens must also restore the bonds of trust and loyalty between one another. We must love each other, respect each other, and cherish our history and our future together. So important. We have to respect each other. Ideally, we have to love each other. And now to the Veterans Administration, where I'm so, so proud. Trump said that I don't
1: think he knew at that time that someone uh, in a car sped down the street and hit a group of protesters. This just happened, I, I don't know who he hit, I, we no no, no details whatsoever. It literally just happened, but we have amazing, was a ton of video there, a ton of people videotaping this, right? Um, and you see the car fly full speed into a group of people and then slam into another car and then reverse back out of the street and disappear. Uh, I don't think they have the car yet. I don't think they found the guy who even did it here. So like this just happened. Um, but we got a ton of video of it happening and it's horrific Uh, It says at least one dead after car plows into protesters during this rally. Uh, Many more will be injured from it. What the heck's wrong with people? Like the whole thing. I, I don't. All right. So before someone died, that changes things. But I don't like to bite on stuff like this because it's such a sideshow. It's not real. It's not representative of anyone. This stuff is mostly cable news, soap opera drama. I've been in rallies like this. I've been in these little mini protests. Most of the people there are just looky-loos who have their video cameras out, who are videotaping and be like, oh my gosh, look how crazy it is here. This is producers of cable news networks going to work in the morning and saying, well, what are we talking about today? Russia again? All right anything else we can talk about and someone's like oh there's a white supremacist rally all right i'm sure they're always rights i mean I, I don't know i feel like that happens frequently i don't know how often it happens but why this one why did this one get news coverage to begin with all right so they find some nas- white nationalist rally going on somewhere and they cover it cover it as if it's a significant thing as if it's something that's representative of anyone other than the few people who are there but it hits on all the main things that are necessary for a news story. First of all, it's something. Remember, the number one priority of cable news, the number one priority, this is the number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten priority of cable news is to fill time. That's it. Now, if you can fill time with some conflict and some striking imagery, some smoke bombs, maybe some blood, Oh, and well, now we're talking. If you can get a reporter on scene that I can say, well, Charlie, I'm right in the middle of the violence here. And he's like covering his ear and he's ducking a little bit. The police are over there. You can see I, j- I, j- I, j- I just saw someone launch some sort of projectile. I don't, I don't know if it was a bomb. Could have been bullets. Maybe it was a bird. I'm not sure. Happened really fast. Probably a bomb. And it's just crazy down here, Charles. Back, back to you. I'm sorry. I'm breaking up. I'm, right, And you can create that image. like, oh, like That's soap opera cable news drama. And I don't know any of the details about what happened with this car. Don't know anything about it yet. But the fact that you got some white supremacists coming out, who cares? And then you cover it and you just make it bigger than it is. And then you get anti-protesters coming out. And they make a big thing, and then people start fighting each other and hitting each other with whatever. And it's like, what the heck is wrong with everyone? These people are crazy. They're the extremes on both sides, if you even want to say that. I don't even want to say anyone's on a side. They're just crazy. Don't give them this attention. Don't lift them up anymore. They're they're, they're at the bottom of the barrel. They're the worst of the worst. They're sick people, twisted. Don't give them a platform. It doesn't make you much better than them when you do that. Now, if I may, I see these white supremacists here, Nazis, in my book. There's a whole chapter where I share a story about a man, a black man. He's, he's a, a, a blues. He plays the piano in a blues band. But his real calling is to convert clan members. He's converted over 200 clan members, had them leave the clan. How is? How did he do that? I'll tell you, he didn't do that by counter-protesting or throwing stuff at him, or and like, we're so far from what it takes to actually communicate with people and change minds. It's really sad. And people are losing their lives over Mike Slater. Show spread the word.
0: You're listening to Mike Slater. Part of the next generation of talk radio. On the Blaze Radio Network.